Amen. You may be seated. Last night, I was in bed with my little daughter, uh, both of them actually, they were going to bed, and Faithy, my five-year-old, we have this time where we talk to each other about, okay, do you, do you have a prayer request for God? Do you, do you have uh, somebody you want to pray for? And, and so, Faithy, I asked her that, and, and she, she gives this long dissertation about how she wants her, uh, a new dog at some point in the future. And just so you know, I have an allergy to dogs, not necessarily an allergy, but an aversion. I don't want a dog in my house. And so uh, she goes into this beautiful discourse. I mean, it was a, it was a exegetically speaking, it was phenomenal how she, how she was able to articulate this. And uh, I didn't have the heart to tell her that God may hear her, but daddy doesn't. But what, what, we, what, we, what we had in that moment, um, those teachable moments, those moments where we can talk about, about God and, and things past and, and how God has answered prayers and, and how, you know, these moments that we have, we need to cherish them. And I began to think about Memorial Day weekend as I'm going to talk to my kids about, about not only God, but also about what this time of year represents, what Memorial Day represents, what the parade that we're going to be in tomorrow represents. And as I began to, earlier this week, really dial into what the message God wanted me to, to preach today was, I began to look at Joshua chapter 4, uh, where Joshua and the Israelite army have crossed over the Jordan River. And in the Jordan River, the Jordan River represents in the Bible transition. At that time, they had just come out of the wilderness. Everybody over the age of 20 outside of Joshua and Caleb have died because of unbelief, complaining, and whining in the wilderness. At this point, God has done a, a dramatic miracle. He's parted the Jordan just like he did the Red Sea generations before, 40 years prior. This is their time. They're crossing over, and they're in a place called Gilgal. And Joshua instructs them in Joshua chapter 4 to set up these stones, to remember, to talk about them, to talk about their freedoms, to talk about what God has done already. But at that moment, it wasn't just to look at the past, it was also to say, hey, this is where we are in the future, this is where we are in the present, and where we're going in the future. And that place was a place called Gilgal. Today's message that I want to share with you is a message entitled, Get Beyond your Gilgal. Get beyond your Gilgal. I want you to turn in Joshua chapter 5 in your Bibles. Joshua chapter 5. And so I've kind of set the scene. As I mentioned, the Jordan River, they're hemmed in by the Jordan River. They've, they've transitioned. God's done a mighty miracle. I mean, think about that. Think about those moments in your life where God has done something extraordinary. Now think about that moment right after that. This is where they're at right now. They're, they're in that, that transition pays, pays uh, where God is saying, look, this is your promised land. This is where you're going. I've already delivered some of the ites on this side of the Jordan, but now you're on this side of the Jordan, and now you need to take it. But it's going to require some battles. So immediately, we pick up the text, Joshua chapter 5, verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcised the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. Now let me just pause right there. That wasn't just babies. 
gentlemen. That was probably a painful thing. You guys are looking at me funny, like, what is he talking about? Uh, circumcision at that point. So at that moment in history, in that place, they had not been circumcised. The, the Egypt babies were circumcised. The, these, these babies that were born in the wilderness had not been circumcised. Circumcision, just so you understand context, was a part of the covenant. God is a covenant God. And so what this is a sign of is God's covenant, that you are his chosen people. God uh, did, th did so with Abraham, and they had covenant. And so here they are at this point here, and we pick it up at verse 4. And this reason why Joshua circumcised them, all the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was, and this is the critical part, so it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Last verse. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. I want to talk to you a little bit about Gilgal, what that means, what it represents. But I want you to think about this. Gilgal, as they cross over, is a place where the enemies, the enemies of God, are all surrounding them. So imagine Gilgal. Here's, here's the Jordan River. They've crossed over, and here they are, and they have nowhere to go backwards. They have nowhere to go back here. All over here is Jericho. Jericho's coming. How many of you heard of Jericho in the Bible? So here's Jericho. Here's the Jordan, and here's their positioning. Now, from a military standpoint, in that time, this was a bad place to be camped. You don't want to be here hemmed in. And the last thing that I'm sure Joshua's military strategist probably came up to him and said something along like this, uh, Joshua, we need you. We need you to vamanos out of here, and we need to go immediately and attack Jericho, and here's why. Because we have serious momentum. Because in verse 1 of Joshua chapter 5, which I didn't read, you can read it later, it said that the enemies were terrified that the reputation had preceded them. And so this is our time, Joshua. Now is the time. Let's take Jericho. And God said, whoa, stop. I need to do something here in this place. So in the natural, in the natural, the enemies are all around them. They're surrounding them. They're in a place of uncomfortability. And all of the men who could fight had been circumcised and probably weren't in fighting condition in the natural. They were healing, the Bible says. So think about, from a natural standpoint, this was not the time to get circumcised, and yet God said, this is the time. This is the time, and this is a place where I need to do something in you. Now, as I began to look at this text, I began to also think about how we are as a culture. How many times have you had a victory in your life, a victory, 
and immediately you want to jump into the next thing without taking time to ask God what he wants you to do next. Well, it worked before, so let's just, we'll just part another river. Right, God? How many know God doesn't always work that way? Here's what Gilgal represents. Gilgal represents, the, the Hebrew term for that means a rolling away. It also means a place of circles. And so when you put all of that context together, what Gilgal means, it's the place where God rolled away their reproach. And so here we are in this situation. God is saying to them, I need you to get pruned. I want you to set up some stones in chapter 4. I want you to think about my goodness. I want you to meditate on my goodness. I want you to think about my covenant. I want you to relax. I do not want you to go to Jericho. The transition from this side of the Jordan to Jericho, there must be a Gilgal. There must. Because at Jericho is an army that is incredibly vast, an army that in the natural and in this position could literally wipe them off the face of the planet. They needed God. And they needed a miracle. Now, as we fast forward to the story, I'm not going to read it to you today, but in that story, we learn that they march around Jericho after they have healed, and God, with a shout, literally left the whole, they, they, God does it all. They literally do nothing. God does all of the work. All they do is take the spoils and the plunder, praise God. So their work was to rest, get circumcised, pruned, cutting away the stuff that is worthless and wrong, and take their Jericho. Gosh, this is good preaching. I could camp on this for an hour. Think about it. Think about it. Here's the part I want you to think about. In the place of Gilgal, there was pain. Not a lot of, woohoo, amen. Pain. A cutting away. Write this down. We're in a hurry. <laughs> Write this down. We're in a hurry. How do I know that? Give you an example. At Detroit Hospital guaranteed treatment within the emergency room 20 minutes or less, or the treatment would be free. They delivered. Business was up 30%. 20 minutes or less, business was up 30%. But the mortality rate went up 120%. So people were dying, but they were dying faster. And they were in a hurry. We're in a hurry. We have cell phones. I'm impatient with my cell phone now. I hit that little... Now my, my hero, which is two years outdated, I hit that thing and I have to count to 10 before it finally does the auto dial. And I think back to when we had, remember the little rotary phone things that you did? And you go, oh, it was just painful. And, you know, four, seven. Well, we're in a hurry. We're going faster. We have Jiffy Lube, Quick Lube. I mean, we have, everything is in a hurry. We tap at microwaves. It's called a disease. Actually, there's a book uh, by Murray Friedman called The Disease of Hurry. It's called Hurry Sickness. What God is saying to each of us is slow down. Let me come to you and let me deal with life for you. Let me position you in Gilgal so I can get you your Jericho. How many want a Jericho? Because in Jericho, they took the spoils of the plunder and it propelled them to take the rest of the promised land. Some of you are in those defining moments right now. 
and I'm, I'm going to help you, I believe by God's grace, as I, pre- as I preach this, some of this, you're going to have some practical tips on how to do that. Now, a GPS is, is another example. How many actually use a GPS? Okay, a few of you. A GPS, we always punch in the final destination. I mean, we know where we're going, right? But along the way, sometimes if you're following it and the thing is talking to you, I, I don't like that thing that talks to me, especially if it's in English. Turn left at the entry here, and turn right here on Oak Street, and then a left over here. I just want to say, can you talk to me in Texan, please? Can you throw a y'all in there and make me feel good? Or fixin' to, fixin' to turn left, fixin' to... T- <laughs> something, something like that. And, and so when you're going down the little GPS thing, you, you don't necessarily know all the streets. Maybe you haven't gone through all the streets before, but you do know that you're going to get to your final destination. This is a lot of times like our journey with God. He'll take you this way, he'll take you that way, but the journey is part of it. He'll take you through the steps. There's a step through it. You may not know where the, you, you know where the end journey is. The, the end journey for you is simply this. He wants you above lack. He wants you help. He wants you to have his word. He wants you to be in health. Hello, amen. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to witness for him. He wants you to be empowered for him. He wants you laying hands on the sick for him. He wants you to be free. But there's a step, right? God has a GPS system. I wrote this as a bullet point for my note. He wants to invite you on the journey with him. And he won't always lay out every step along the way. To get beyond your Gilgal requires, now think about this. I just think about Joshua coming to me with a flint knife. I actually looked at the photos of those things online. I'm not going to show it to you, but uh, I don't think that'd be tasteful. But, <laughs> but can you imagine? I'm 40. That means radical obedience to get pruned. Are, 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 you, are you tracking with me here? That means that they had to have a belief in that that word was true. And if, God was, if Joshua was speaking God's, well, then I, must, I have to have a lot of faith in Joshua. But remember, they just, had their, they just had the parting of the Jordan. So here we are, and, and we're going to let God do this. Enemies all around our side. Think of the panic. Now think about this. Let's just be real. Be, be a soldier in that. You don't think that they didn't think about the fact that the enemy could attack them at any moment and they were in a vulnerable position? And what about the women and children looking at their husbands going, I need you to provide for this family. What if you can't fight? You don't think the enemy didn't attack them in that moment? Some of you are in jobs right now. You feel hemmed in. Your boss is not the best. The economy pressing against you, there's no sales coming. And you go home, and the last thing you need to hear is be reminded again about how that enemy is on every side, and we don't have bacon. They're real people, guys. They were in the moment, and yet they had a promise. When, 
When the enemies of God come against you, that's when you need to stand on that promise. When all of hell is coming against you, you stand on that promise. You stand on that word and you say, this is what the word of the Lord says, not what my circumstances say, not what the economy says, not what my boss says. What does God say? The problem that we have is we want to go from Jordan to Jericho. We don't want Gilgal because Gilgal is where our egos die. Gilgal is where, where our humility begins. Gilgal is where we put the rubbish of our past, the worthless stuff of our past that we're cutting away. Some of you need to cut away some stuff today. Some of you have some stuff that you need to cut away. Here's a few questions. What mindset do you need to cut away? You know, maybe it's working a budget for the first time. Maybe it's learning to engage in a conversation with someone and not go from zero to 60 when you don't get your way. Maybe it's an area of your life where you're working with people that don't love God. How many of you work with people that don't love God? I have the luxury of working with people that do love God. But I, for many, many years, worked with people that don't love God. And I can tell you in those moments, in those moments, I had many moments, God, when is my Jericho coming? This Gilgal thing is, but here's the thing, what the... The, the, the things that happen against you, the things, that are the things that God's pruning out of you are setting you up for a better outcome down the road. Some of you can't handle money and you have to figure out how to make a budget and tear up the credit cards. Some of you have been used to identifying with your spouse one particular way and you're in a rut and God's saying, I've got a promised land for this marriage but you've got to stop talking the way you talk to him or her. These are things that God wants to, to cut off because how many of you understand that God has plans to prosper, not to harm, but to give hope in a future? But there's a point where it can get painful. Painful circumstances can prepare us for our promised land. I, I had mine. Mine was TV consumption. Uh, I'm... I'm like your average Joe. I mean, I, I, can, I can just sit there and drown out after a day if I've been on the phone a lot or a lot of counseling or this and that. I mean, I mean just sitting there and vegging. I mean, I don't even know what's on. I just, it's like, you know, bars going. It's like, oh, just, you know, don't talk to me, Hope. Just let me just sit here. And I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. Ryan, can we talk? No, I just need to sit here. Like a, like a zombie. Uh, but what I've found is, is if I would engage my wife and fill up her love tank in those moments, this is a pruning thing. All of a sudden, and this is, a, this is incredible, this is a huge revelation, she likes me more. Wow. Can you imagine that? I actually talked to her, and she likes me more. Maybe she loved me, but she didn't always like me. <laughs> so we, we, we create those moments. There are some things that we bring on ourselves, and we put ourselves in a position of pain. 
But there are other circumstances that have nothing to do with you that are not your fault. When life comes at you like a hurricane, the enemy's shouting at you, and you have a moment to where you have to take a stand. Dateline, 1955, Montgomery, Alabama. A young African-American woman on a bus. White bus driver. A white passenger. Walk back to this woman and ask her to get up from her seat because of race. And Rosa Parks said, no. I bought this ticket, and I'm going to take a stand against Jim Crow's laws, the Jim Crow laws. And she was thrown in jail. And she was fined. And she took a stand, and it galvanized the church community, the African-American church community in that day, and boycotted that bus line for 381 days and shut that bus line down and overchanged the law. But it was inconvenient for Rosa Parks to do that. But she did the right thing in the moment. God pruned it, and it spurred, it was a catalyst for the civil rights movement. And got Jericho started. You're going to have defining moments where you're going to have to allow God to get rid of and circumcise your heart in areas that need to be circumcised. And here's the thing. It's not always convenient, and sometimes it is painful. That doesn't always preach well, but can we be real? It is a fact that there are times where your position, where we are in a situation that we don't want to be, but God wants to position us for better outcomes. Verse 8, I want to read that again. So it was, when they had finished circumcising all the people, that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. The reproach. The reproach, the word for reproach means shame or disgrace. One of the things that I learn as a pastor, and uh, sometimes people say, well, Ryan, why don't you share a lot of the stories of all of the people in our congregation? Here's why. Because I keep your secrets. And you appreciate that. And when it's time to tell testimonies, then I like you to tell it. Amen? Amen. The last thing a pastor, you know how to kill a church real fast? Get up here, you talk to me on Wednesday and your Sunday sermon. M many of that I talk to, one of the biggest things that I find, and I, this used to be my case too and I've gotten better, is that we, the shame of our past, the disgrace, the reproach of our past, we talk about it, we remind each other about it, and then after we've asked God to forgive us about it 30 times, we go and tell five other people who don't want to hear it and have heard it for the 30,000th time. They don't want to hear about it, and you keep reminding them about it, and God said, I forgave it. Why are you talking to me about this? Too many people. I'm right there with you at times. Repeat what happened in the wilderness. What happened in Egypt? Egypt is a representation of our sin. Egypt is a representation of our weakness and our failings. Can I challenge you that every time you're in a struggle, instead of saying, God, I'm this, why don't you say, no, I'm what Jesus died to make me. I am the righteousness of God. I am a new creation. 
Kibby, you say that all the time. You know why? Because you need to hear it. And you need, faith comes by hearing. All of a sudden, you're not that guy. You're not that person that you used to be. Thank God I'm not that person I used to be, but I know where I am and I know who I am now. But I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter what you feel. And stop telling 50 people how you feel. Your feelings lie. And they don't want to hear it because they've heard it. What they want you to hear, what, what, what you need to hear, is that Jesus Christ has rolled away the reproach off of you. And when you're in Gilgal, what God was trying to do, the symbolism of what he was trying to do in Gilgal was this. Positioning them to be filled with the presence of God to give God all the glory. How many understand that everything that we do, every gift is from him, every accomplishment, everything that every dollar we earn is a gift from God. He gave you that ability to make money. He gave you that ability to do your job. He gave, well, Ryan, don't I have a part to play in the story? Yes. But when we don't honor him, when we don't allow him to fill us up, trouble usually follows. And so do our, our egos tend to grow. The wilderness was about getting the reproach of Egypt off of them. You know, I, I have said this many times and many pastors have preached this, but you know it was an 11-day journey to go through Israel or go through Egypt, through the promised land? But God, it took them 40 years because that's how long they had to deal with stuff. Does anybody in here want to wait 40 years to deal with your stuff? Here's some of the stuff that a lot of people face. Demotions, parenting mistakes, low self-esteem, failed marriages. You know, let me just say this. God hates divorce, but he sure does love divorcees. Stop telling everybody about how horrible you were in your previous marriage or how horrible they were. God will deal with them. You, deal with, you allow God to deal with you. He loves people. God loves people. He loves people. He loves what they, what they go through. I'm a child of divorce. And one day my dad, I mean, one day I had to say, wait a minute. And I don't know why I'm camping on this here, but it's an issue. I mean, it's an issue in our society. But you know what? At some point, I had to stop blaming mom and dad for my actions. God had to roll away my, my reproach, my rejection issues, because it wasn't their rejection issues that were causing me to stumble. It was my rejection issues that were causing me to stumble. And when I learned that Jesus can fill that void and give you power where you're weak, that's a testimony. You know what I'm saying? Divorce is an issue, but we love people. Marriages can die, and they can resurrect. In the areas that are in your life that are dead, God can bring back to life. Can I get an amen? We shoot, we shoot our wounded in church. We shoot pastors. We shoot people. Instead of waiting on God in Gilgal to prune us, we shoot everyone around us, instead of letting God work on us to get us to our Jericho. Is this making any sense to anybody? 
We want to take everybody out when we need to be in that moment. Because the grace of Jesus is stronger than anything that you're going through. Anything. Our Gilgals build faith for our Jerichos ahead. Where has God positioned you in your career, your relationships, your finances? What does God have to cut away? Here's what I want you to do as we close. If ushers, if you, have a pet, if you don't have a pen, I want you to raise your hand if you need one. But here's what I'd like you to consider. And this is a it is finished moment. This is a moment. I don't need to preach long on this one this day because I believe the Lord has said what needs to be said. But each and every one of you have a moment. You have, a, you have an area of reproach. You have an area. I want you to raise your hand if you need a pen. But you may have an area that you've been talking about and talking about and talking about and you know you're not over it. You're just not over it. You're not over it. And it's a source of shame for you. It really is. It's a source of shame. And it doesn't need to be. Here's what God would say. It's over. Let it go. Let it go. Because the moment you let that go, God can add his super to his natural. Once they left Gilgal, once they healed, once the surgery was done, once they got through those moments that were painful, God was able to reposition them and they took the entire promised land. But you are not going to get the promised land in the area of defeat until you first get rid of the reproach. And the way you do that is give it to Jesus. I have a trash can here. Because this is what that stuff symbolizes. It's trash. It's your past stuff, relationships that you have failed on, your inadequacies. Here's what I would like you to do. As you, as you think about this, instead of having a memorial stone remembering the past, I want you to take your trash, whatever that is, that you have been chewing on, and the enemy has been beating up on you for a long time, and I just want you to throw it. You don't need to put your name. You don't need to put anything that identifies you. You can put it in here. Then I'm going to throw out your trash. And then when we throw out your trash out in the back dumpster, can we agree that it's in the trash and it's gone? In the dumpster for good? I don't have a piece of paper, but I've got some trash. I need, can, I, can I get a pen, too? I got some trash. I got some trash. But I, here's what I want you to do. I, I'm, I don't want you to be cavalier about this. I want you to think about this. I mean, if you have a really bad attitude and you're terrible at work, and you, you're, you're not humble, I want you to have the guts to write it right here, I am proud, I'm arrogant. 
I want you to write that down there, and I want you to put it in the trash when we call you forward. Let me give you some areas. The trash of the past. These are not things that we need to build memorials to. You do not build memorials to your past mistakes. You build an altar to God's goodness getting you through your mistakes. God, want us, God wants us to remember his deliverance. He wants to remember that you were once this way, but now you're a new way. That, that we build a memorial to. We do not build a shrine to our past. I, the reason God wants me to say this over and over and over again, because it's that big today. It's that big. Because until you come to terms with that reproach, with that disgrace, what, are you, what do you feel shamed over? What is that source of shame? And here's one I want you to write down too. What are you allowing someone else to shame you over? What are you permitting in your life to allow someone else, which, by the way, is a spirit. We don't fight people, amen? People are not our enemy. What spirit are you allowing to shame you? Rosa Parks wouldn't allow that. I want you to be powerful, amen? I want you to be able to stand against those, to know the truth. Maybe you've failed a thousand times. The Israelites were really good at defeat, but once they learned with one God idea, ladies and gentlemen, one God idea can change your business. One God idea can change the way your attitude is at work. One God idea can change your marriage. One God idea can change the world. His name was Jesus. But first, we have to roll away the reproach, and God did that for the Israelites. Can somebody say, if God did it for them, he can do it for me? Dave, how are you? Yeah? You good? Got a good tune for me? All right. Whatever you feel like. Yeah, I'm going to just take a moment. I'm going to write mine down. All right. Whatever you feel like. Yeah, you, get, you got it. You got it. Take some time, guys. once you do, trash can's right there. And by the way, no one's going to go through the trash. I don't want to have, I have no, I, no desire to sift through the trash. And it's over.
It's interesting, after they rolled away the reproach, if you read on in Joshua, they celebrated Passover. And then the commander of the army of the Lord appears to Joshua, and then Jericho is destroyed. When you walk out of here, I want you to envision your Jericho. I want you to walk around it. I want you to shout to God and praise him for it. I want you to shout to God. They, they had the victory guaranteed. What you have to understand, God gave them Jericho, told them that it was coming down. And so they marched around that. They had expectation that that was going to happen. Christianity is impossible without Christ. But with Christ, your Jerichos will fall. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone in this room. I silence the voice of condemnation. The past is in the past. We don't memorialize the past. We memorialize, we give thanks for your deliverance that was bought for us at the cross of Jesus. Meditate on that, Lord. Help them to meditate on that this week. And when the enemy rises up to tell them that they're checkmated, Lord, I pray that you speak to their hearts and let them know that you made the final move. You are checkmated no more. Thank you, God, for humility over, I speak humility over this entire body. That they would humble themselves before you. It takes guts to get humble before you, but it is the place of miracles. God, I, I ask for financial miracles. I believe relational miracles are happening with the spoken word that you're imparting that into their, their bodies right now. I mean, they're receiving it right. They're walking out of here with something different. That past stuff is in the trash and it's gone. And one day they'll talk to their kids and their kids' kids and they'll remember this day that the reproach and the shame of their past and the shame that others try to put on them ended that day. Father, help them to walk by faith and not by sight. To get beyond Gilgal. In the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You guys can exhale. You feel a little better? A little purged? Cleansed? Feels good to get rid of that stuff. Amen? I'll uh, immediately at the end of the service, I will take the trash can and pour it into the trash yeah, I, I, do, I will bring out my photo camera if any of you try to go back and retrieve the trash. I will put a copy of your trash up on that screen next week. So do not go digging through the trash. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. And thanks to all of you who are helping to serve tomorrow, passing out waters at the Memorial Day Parade. And if you, if you aren't, say hello to us on the way. God bless. We'll see you next week.